Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 181. Uh, today, uh, 今天的评论比较少，所以今天的播客会比较短的。Uh, the episode today is going to be pretty short. We've had、uh, um, we've had a lot of repeated questions this month, so、uh, in terms of stuff to share for the podcast, a bit less than usual.、Um, but I would like to start off by just talking about a word, which is.、Um, Sort of our core word, really. It's, it's the word that Mandarin Blueprint is all about, and、uh, I've been thinking about it this this month quite a lot because we've been doing a lot of writing and a lot of writing about、um, basically sort of welcoming people to our world, the Mandarin Blueprint world. And I think the word that Really represents our values the most, or represents everything we're about, really, and that is sida.、Um, so sida、uh, is acquisition, and I love the reason why、um, I said it in Chinese there is because the word sida is just an example of the logical beauty of Chinese words. <laughs> They're so straightforward as long as you know the characters.、Um, so si means practice, as in 学习 Shui means to learn, right? But shui means to learn up here to like memorize things, study things, and xi means to practice, right? To actually do,、um, and that is you need both of those aspects to actually、um, to properly learn anything. But the word acquisition is xi de, so literally means、um, to do and then obtain. So to obtain by doing, to de dao something、um, by Doing so, I think that's just perfect, isn't it? So, whereas we've been talking a lot about the difference between learning and acquisition as well, you know,、like、what is the difference between learning and acquisition when it comes to language? I know that learning kind of has two meanings when, it, when it's used in the word in terms of learning language. What we mean by learning language is is more,、um, it's more like memorizing stuff, like treating language. Like a academic subject, like lots of mem, like lots of facts to be memorized.、Um, of course, you can still say I'm learning Chinese. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that the actual process, it's more focused around acquiring the language, right?、Um, now there is learning that you have to do when it comes to Chinese. You have to learn to a certain degree. You have to memorize characters.、Uh, you have to memorize sort of a base of words and characters before you can start to. Comprehend、uh, sentences, but and eventually you have to learn around three thousand characters, really.、Um, and there's not really much way around that. No, there isn't any way around that. It's not going to sugarcoat it. But there's easier ways to learn, like using mnemonics, memory, memory palaces, like what we do at Mandarin Blueprint. And then there's also the knowledge of like, or, or sorry, knowing when to stop learning and start acquiring, <clears throat> which is where everything happens, really. As well, the magic happens, right? So we. Built our company, Mandarin Blueprint, and、uh, the Mandarin Blueprint method. That the course, our flagship course, for getting people from zero to essentially the ability to be able to acquire language. Right. So, with Chinese, the hardest part is right at the beginning. Right. the The hardest part that makes Chinese really hard, or you know, diff, like long, let's say, is. Put right at the beginning when you know the least about the language, and for most people, where they know least about language learning is adults, which is learning characters and pronunciation. These are the first two steps, and they're the hardest and longest. 
pretty much everything else about Chinese is easier than other languages, like grammar, um, learning words is easier because they're all very logical, like I already explained with Xidu, right? Um, but characters, you know, you've got to do them. So uh, we built our courses, and mainly the Mandarin Blueprint Method to get you from zero, basically take care of the whole area of learning or study for you. So it's all done. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about anything else to do with that. All you need to worry about is showing up and uh, learning those characters using our system, learning the words using our system, and getting comprehensible input using our system, which starts off with graded learning, graded, graded sentences that suit your level, and then higher level content, like long form content. And then eventually, finishing the course and heading off on your own to watch Chinese TV and, and movies and listen to podcasts and things like that. Anyway, that's, that's, that's the goal. And it's all about everything we do here comes down to acquisition. That's it. That's, that's our focus. And everything that we ask you to do on the course is the most efficient path in our, in our view to get there. Um, and I, you know, I just, uh, I was writing a lot about it and as, as it, with what happens with writing is that when you when you do a lot of writing, you, you I don't know, you start um, you do a lot of thinking and you come up with a lot of ideas and it's been really cool. It's been really fun and I, Phil and I both realised that that is that's kind of um, the magic word. That's the word to, to and I, I just loved how uh, I just love how Chinese uh, expresses it. So you don't learn to swim by watching YouTube videos, you know, and you can't. You can't read a book about swimming and then know how to swim. You have to get in the pool. And you can't learn a language by studying grammar rules. Um, you have to let the language wash over. You have to just read and listen, read and listen, read and listen. Which is another cool thing that we've done. Uh, actually, today, because a couple of hours ago, we got off the phone with one of my favorite polyglots. And just general, any, just just a personality in the, or a or what do you call it, a celebrity, I guess, in the language learning field. That's Steve Kaufman, uh, the creator of Link, uh, which, and he's probably my favorite. He's probably my favorite um, person to, that I follow. I follow a lot of people, a lot of polyglots, and just uh, great people like that. Luca Lampariello, um, Ollie Richards, uh, you know, Anthony Mativier, even, like with Memory Palaces and stuff like that all kinds of language learners I follow, but uh, Steve's just a personal favorite, I think. Um, so that's been great talking with him. He is all about acquisition. Um, and we basically what kept coming up in our conversation was just the same topic over and over again. We, when we kept trying to sort of, not trying, but like we, were, we would naturally sort of move on to other topics and it all came back to this, which is you have to spend time with the language. And you have to let it wash over you and not worry, enjoy yourself. That's it. That's what it all comes down to. And the more time you spend with it, of course, you have to do it right. You know, focus on listening, reading, forget grammar rules, textbooks, things like that. For the most part, they're useless, right? Largely. Not, not completely, but mostly. If you don't, you've got to focus on listening and reading and enjoying the process and wanting to turn up and putting as much time as possible in. Um, and he really liked to, I think he liked to comment I, I'd said at the end of the interview, which was um, something that I also shared in Habit Building Bootcamp, one of our recent courses that we've created, which is just all about how to create a habit, you know, how to keep showing up. And uh, 
one of the things uh what i said was you want to create you want to create sort of the mindset where you get frustrated when you realize you've just spent 10 minutes or longer doing something where you could have been listening to Chinese or another language you're learning. And you ah, oh, man, I've just been doing this sort of semi-mindless task for the last 45 minutes, and I could have been listening to Chinese, and I wasn't, and that's annoying, <laughs> you know, to develop that that feeling. Um, uh, anyway, and, and it, all come, it all just kept coming back to that same topic. Enjoy yourself, spend time with the language, and you will improve. Enjoy yourself, spend time with the language, you will improve. Um, so that was, um, of course, for me, nothing was uh, like eye-opening eye for me because I've, I've watched pretty much every single one of his YouTube videos and I live by everything that, he, you know, I pretty much agree with him on everything. Um, but it was still just amazing to hear it from him. And uh, it was, you know, if Steve ever watches this, uh, you know, it was great having, it was an honor having you. And uh, it, I can't wait to share it with everyone in the Legends of Language Learning. Uh, it's up, which by the way, if you don't know what the Legends of Language Learning is, uh, it's a course we've created just full of these interviews with legends of language learning, like Steve Kaufman and Ollie Richards and all these sorts of people. We're, 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 it's, we've got about 12 people in there now, 12 full interviews, and we cut them up into clips and put them into different categories relating to motivation, study, specifically Chinese, or but it relates to all other languages as well. It's just generally language acquisition. So I think, I think you'd love it. There should be a link somewhere below. If not, then just shoot us an email at contact at mandarinmovie.com. If you can't find it on our website, and um, we'll shoot you the link. Um, we're, we're still just, we're making so much stuff <laughs> at the moment. Um, and we're going through uh, some, we're doing some, we're just making a ton of content. I'm not going to say exactly what, um, but we're just doing so much. And um, we just haven't, <laughs> we're not keeping up with ourselves. Basically, we're not putting it all on the, on the website yet. But hopefully by the time you watch this, uh, Legends of Language Learning and other, the other courses that we've been creating will be available. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's uh, let's jump into the uh, content today. Start off with uh, a message here from Annette on uh, a lesson from Legends of Language Learning. This is a clip from uh, John Fotheringham, uh, Fotheringham, as I say. Um, and it's all about how do you satisfy curiosity about details in your target language. So let's see what Annette says. She says, this video resonated and my memories went back to when I learned English. I lucked out with good teachers, both in school and high school, the latter being extremely ambitious on students' behalf, stating right on day one that we would be doing second year material the first year, third year material the second year, and first year university level in the third year. This meant reading Shakespeare in second year, and that was really, really hard. Yeah, it's hard for me too. With all the old English, but then in the third year, to again read a play was easier. My language goal throughout high school was to be able to read National Geographic magazine when I finished. I so enjoyed looking at the photos that I spent hours reading through all the captions, which was all I could manage because the articles were just too much at the time. After high school, I got an annual subscription and similar to John Fotheringham's rule of five, I had a guideline of three to four after which I would look up the word. So basically, I imagine, I can't remember exactly because I have, it's been a while since I've seen the clip, but I'm pretty sure it means once you see something, a word, you know, you see it pop up five times on the fifth time, then you're like, okay, I'm going to learn this thing. Because <laughs> uh, most likely when you're going through and you see a word that comes up that you don't know, yeah, sure, you could spend time looking it up. And if you have a program um, like that allows you to just click on the word, like Link, for example, um, we 
at Mandarin Blueprint, any, any content uh, that's a new word uh, will be listed right next to the script. Um, so you'll be able to, you'll see it all there. But if you don't have that, then you might want to spend the time looking it up, but most likely you'll figure it out, right? And uh, you want to sort of look at it like a child does. Um, and then, but yeah, if it comes up like three times, then four, then five, maybe on the fifth time, okay, we need to figure out what this word is. Uh, but in those times, you've, you've built up so much already contextual knowledge around the word before you fully learn it, that when you do learn it after that fifth time, I imagine it's going to be uh, more deeply ingrained in you. Because generally, that's another thing we talked about with uh, Steve Kaufman. It's just like, when you do look, look up things in a dictionary, he said, like in a Chinese dictionary or whatever for Chinese, you tend to just not, just forget it instantly as soon as you looked up. And I was thinking, I was going to like rebut him. I was like, hang on a minute. Pleco allows you to save words. And I'm like, and I was thinking this. And then by the end of the interview, I was like, hang on a minute. I've got about, I don't even know, like 12,000 saved words in my Pleco dictionary. And I've never gone back. And like, I've always been like, I'm going to save these words. Uh, no, I have. That's not net. I don't want to say never. I have occasionally gone through and I've exported the words and I've found sentences for them because the Pleco sentences can kind of suck. Um, and then I've made flashcards and I've started reviewing them. That has happened, but nowhere near as often as it should have. I, uh, that's, yeah, so he was right. <laughs> anyway, he says, I had a guideline of three to four after which I would look up the word. Remember, this is all in the 1980s, long before easy online dictionaries and language input. My reasoning at the time was that if the word showed up more than a couple of times and seemed to be essential to the topic, I needed to know what it was. Over the years, my English greatly expanded just by digitally monthly reading cover to cover. Oh, sorry, digitally, <laughs> diligently. Uh, this meant exposure to a wide range of topics, most of which interested me and facilitated learning new words. You notice the theme here? It's all about interest. It's all about what compels you. And there's another thing we spoke of, which is, you know, I often use the example of reading Garfield as a child. I, I must have been, what, six, seven? fascinated with Garfield I found it hilarious but do you know what I probably understood really understood about 40% of the jokes in Garfield like a lot of them are adults not rude but you know what I mean like for adults like things about tax I don't know what tax was the T-A-X I don't know what that is thank goodness but uh um or like American slang or whatever I just would not have any idea what's going on but I would still oh nice pictures though <laughs> and then I go on to the next one and then you know when I did understand I was very happy and that was enough and about interest and you're yeah you look up stuff because you're so fascinated with the content like, i must know what this means okay fine look it up seeing a word over and over and not understanding it actually gets under your skin and you want to know what it means if it's not clear through context having a this many times then i look it up guideline can help steadily expanding your vocabulary i feel some of that going on when i watch chinese tv dramas and a word is repeated often enough that it sticks out and i look it up I can usually hear the pronunciation well enough to use the pinyin and of course can stop the video and see the character on the screen for comparison and make sure it is the right word. I recently started using the Language Reactor extension where I have the benefit of its pinyin for each word in addition to the Zhongwen Dictionary extension making the process even easier. Yeah, I like uh, Language Reactor. I, I think Migaku is better, just straight up. Like, it's way better in my opinion. Um, but it works and it works for Netflix and YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, one more thing there. I, I just, I, so many examples of that where it's like, I'm going to not look this word up. I'm just going to just wait. 
I'm going to notice what it is. Maybe I'll like look it up in Pleco just to see see the definition, but I'm not trying to like learn it. Um, I, I just want to be like, oh no, I, I, I wanted to piece together what they were talking about. And there was a missing word and I need that word, that piece of the puzzle to get this compelling content. I can, I can accept that. But even if you completely ignore it, like there was this uh, phrase that came up, Jiang right? So Jiang is, is ginger and it's, it says uh, like the older ginger is la, spicy. So it's basically saying when you're sort of more experienced, you're older, more experienced, you can be, you're more formidable, an enemy, basically. But that's what I found out later. When I heard, I was like, ginger is, old old ginger is spicy. I did not get it. Even in the context of what was going on when there was basically, a, well, it was, a, it was a woman who was 35, you know, when everyone around her is, is like, you know, 25. And she was like hatching a little scheme, you know, to defeat someone like with, is in a mind game of some kind. Um, and I still didn't quite catch it. But instead of like studying it, I didn't even look it up. I just like, old ginger is spicy. What the heck is that about? And then wouldn't you know, it came up like three more, two more times in that entire series, right? But I kept watching the episodes and it was said by another person about another person, the other side, like the person she was battling with uh, in like a funny sort of reference to the previous story. And because of that, I was like, in that moment, I got it. And I also remember not getting it before and it just made it more memorable, funnily enough. Right? So just one example of many where sometimes it's good to just mull it over, just like listen for the sounds. OK, that was this tone, this pronunciation, um, maybe even the characters, you catch the characters on the subtitles and you're like, I just, mm. nah, but you just be patient. You let it sort of sit there. Maybe it fades away. Maybe it doesn't. Right. But don't worry about it is the key. Just let it happen. Let, let the language flow over you. Just be like Luke, what, reading Garfield. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, let's go to the next one, <laughs> right? Just um, have that and uh, you, the, you're, you're spending time with the language and you're enjoying yourself. And that's the key. So thank you very much, um, Annette, for that. I think Annette had another comment, but I think that comes a bit later on. Anyway, let's go to the next one. Hannah just wanted to pop in and say, I love how as we keep building our vocabulary, this is for a vo the vocab unlocked in con sorry in context zhengshi, which means uh, formal, and it, in context is the part of the uh, well. So you learn the words and the characters. You can learn them separately if you want using mnemonics. Um, we recommend you do it first, but you don't always have to. Uh, but you can certainly do that, and then you see the words in context after that. So you can you. It, sentences you see them in example sentences made up of characters and words you already know right so it's a pretty big deal because comprehensible input right you need that you need that comprehensible input it's vital um but hannah just says as we keep building our vocabulary and using previously learned characters like zheng my sense of the characters various meanings just gets further enriched by how they're used in these new words and sentences hooray for effective scaffolding <laughs> Well, I, I learned a word, I, I, you know, uh, Phil and I made Mandarin Blueprint, but I don't know what scaffolding is, but apparently all Mandarin Blueprint is, is scaffolding, um, basically building on what you already know, which is great. Uh, and yeah, Zheng is a very interesting character. It has uh, so many different um, subtle meanings. And the cool thing about different meanings of characters, what you discover later on, is as long as the character has the same pronunciation, the different usages of the character are always kind of related as in, in my experience, there's probably exceptions, right? It's gonna make me look silly, but from what I've seen, they're always kind of related. 
like zheng means like can, can mean like zheng yi, like uh, justice, right? Just, righteous. It can mean correct, which is kind of related, right? It's not the same meaning, but it's related. It also means straight, like a straight line, right? You know, again, you can't see, you can't say that they're, they're certainly not the same meaning, but you can see how like um, it's related, right? Um, so and yeah, and, and and your your knowledge and your the depth of what you're describing here, Hannah, your depth of your understanding growing as you see them in context of words and the words in context of sentences. It's awesome. It's great fun. I remember it, and I still I still get to experience it every day. It's awesome. So thanks for that. Just one from here from Jimmy, Jimmy Rogers, who uh, has just broke three thousand characters, and there's fifty characters left to go, I believe. So. Um, and he just sent a message to everyone else that's behind him saying, who thought they'd ever get here, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's an incredible achievement, 3,000 characters. And Jimmy has not been with us for, for very long at all. I'd, I think he's been with us for less than a year, maybe, um, but very little time. And he's not also uh, learnt 3,000 characters, also learnt goodness knows how many words, like thousands and thousands of words as well, and seen and gotten so much input. And I know that Jimmy's doing really well with his immersion as well. Uh, his uh, his immersion is going really well. He's really sort of jumped into that with both feet, which is awesome to hear. So well done, Jimmy. Congratulations. And this is just the beginning. I always say that. <laughs> You've got to, no, it's not just the beginning. You've got 3,000 characters. You're well in the middle right now. So well done. Uh, awesome. Uh, keep in touch. See what uh, I'm really excited to hear what other um, <laughs> breakthroughs you have because now now you have three thousand characters. I mean, you don't need to watch like knowing that obviously yeah you'll still have reviews you still have flashcard reviews that are going to pop up but you don't have to learn any new characters anymore. Not like really like using the memory palace anymore. You could you could get up to five thousand six thousand if you want like a educated native speaker like you know a university graduate or whatever. But you really don't need to because. After 3,000, the characters just, I mean, you're going to have like chemicals and, and stuff like that, that or, or types of bird, you know, that will come up like characters like that or really, um, there's only really obscure stuff left over after that. And the, most of those you can learn um, pretty much just by, uh, you can often guess the pronunciation or a lot of the, you know, most of the pronunciation, like aspects of the pronunciation. And they're so relatively rare that they do stick in your memory a bit easier, um, especially because again the pronunciation is usually pretty obvious based on what it looks like. Okay, um, so yeah, like the the hard part of Chinese is basically over for you, which is great. Um, I guess now it's now what that happens is you just got to keep showing up and uh, consuming the language, right? Which is the real fun part. Next is Andy, Liaojie, in context. He asks, how is Liaojie different from Mingbai? Sorry if you've answered this somewhere else, thanks. No, not at all. Like, um, this, I, I actually kind of like these questions. Um, Liaojie, Mingbai is, um, is used, I should really have looked this up, <laughs> just to get, because not because I don't know, but because I, I would definitely get a more eloquent answer if I looked it up. Um, but basically, Mingbai is the most standard meaning of understand, right? So... Uh, okay, so what I need you to do is I need you to go left, right? And then in front of you, you'll see like kind of a white um, sort of bollard. You need to go to the behind that. Do you understand? 
Yes, I understand. Okay, I understand the directions. Okay, cool. All right, I'll see you there in 10 minutes. You know, <laughs> it's a very sort of standard meaning of understand. But when you say liaojie, it, it also means understand, but it's like I, like you would say, for example, 我很了解他, I really understand her, right? I understand her as a person or him as a person. Um, that's like the biggest meaning. Uh, or 我很了解这个领域, um, you could say something like that. Let me look up a couple of more example sentences for you. All right, so I've just added a couple of example sentences here to this to these notes. So the main sort of difference here is 了解. Number one means to understand and comprehend. 我很了解他, like oh, we just we just said, oh, we understand each other very well. 了解真相, uh, 真相, same thing, each other. 彼此了解, to understand each other uh, very well. And then the second meaning, which is very similar, which is to find out or acquaint oneself with, to become understanding of something or someone. So, 了解国内外科技发展状况, so understand, to become knowledgeable about, to, to develop an understanding, a deeper understanding of, uh, you know, home and, what is it, guo内外, uh, so like a home and abroad, so current developments in science and technology at home and abroad. Uh, it's a bit of a technical one, uh, technical uh, example sentence, but that's the main difference. Whereas Mingbei is just much more straight. Um, do you understand this thing I just told you? Yes or no? Mingbei ma? Mingbei la? Okay, you wouldn't say liaojie ma? You just wouldn't say it because it's not used in that way. So those are the main, uh, that's the main difference there um, in terms of usage. So next we have Jamie K um on consuming the content so this is straight out of our new course the mandarin immersion uh, mandarin immersion Masterclass. Uh, and jamie just says i found a game streamer on twitch that streams for a good portion of when i'm awake surprising because i'm a full 12 hours uh, shifted from their time zone there's a lot that i don't pick up on because there are no subtitles which probably isn't ideal don't worry i'm also consuming comp comprehensive content a well, uh, comprehensible content as well, but I figure it's no different than putting anything on while doing other things. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. Paying attention to chat has been fun though, because I notice characters I know, maybe look up one or two to understand the whole message. That's great. And you can even start interacting if you want. If, you want, if you're feeling a bit brave, <laughs> you can also say hi and stuff. Um, people would be usually very friendly. I'm probably uh, many hours from getting out of level one immersion still but still having a great time building my Mandarin skills. That is the key, Jamie. And like I said earlier, like the great Steve Kaufman says, you know, spend time with the language and enjoy yourself and you will improve. There's just, it's just natural law. <laughs> Your brain just will learn. It's what it's born to do. It's what it's made to do. So well done. Um, and please keep those coming if you have any other cool ideas uh, or just just report i love i love just hearing about what other people are doing because i don't watch twitch i've never never been on that website before i've never even thought of that as a way of immersing to be honest um just hasn't popped into my mind because i'm me and i don't do that right but um, it's good to hear about what other people are doing um so we get more diverse ideas you know about how to immerse in chinese next is matt um <laughs> on a vocab boost lesson. So uh, these are lessons that we put every now and then in the course. Uh, I can't remember exactly where, like every few levels or so, basically to um, boost up uh, your knowledge of HSK words, because we don't base our order of characters on the HSK at all, 
right? It's nothing to do with it. But uh, we make sure that every every time you get past a certain big chunk of the course, we uh, all the characters that are in the HSK that you've learned, we make sure that you learn all of the HSK words based on those characters that you've un that you've learned, right? So you basically are, they call it a boost because it's your way of like catching up um, with the HSK if you were doing the HSK. So it's, it's very important for some people to do that, which is absolutely fine. Um, so that's what these are all about. So basically, it's just a ton of new words with sentences to go and review if you want. And he says, phew, I think I'm starting to get the hang of these vocab booster lessons. At first, it felt like the intermediate course was quickly going to become overwhelming in terms of study material. But I'm getting the feeling that you genuinely want us to skip any sentence we don't think we need. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, for instance, here... I didn't save any of the cards for Jinang and Zhiyao because I've seen those words a bunch already in my immersion practice. And they're kind of self-explanatory from the characters. Excellent, excellent. This is music to my ears. Same with words like Nangan and Bugo and Zugo. On the other hand, I would never have guessed that meant enough with the character Zu. Ah, interesting. Yes. So this is really the reason why I say it's music to my ears is because we didn't do the course like this before, because, well, we just we got it wrong, right? We were like, okay, well, this is how we think it should go. And we just put it together. But then we got so much feedback from people saying, wow, there are too many sentences. And we, because of that feedback, we then, we then made a lot the sentences after a certain period of time, completely optional and saying you can move more towards general immersion of like TV and podcasts and stuff. And you can move away from our sentences, only pick and choose the sentences that you want. And that had just a wonderful effect because not only did it take the pressure off, it took all the people doing less flashcards and more real life immersion in Chinese. Um, uh, well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's really, that was, I, I'm sure there's another part to it, but it's gone out of my mind. But yeah, that's just that's good enough. So people were just uh, took the pressure off, just took the pressure off, didn't have to. They could, and they could pick and choose. Oh, yeah, that was the other bonus, which is people were getting through the course much faster and getting to those 3000, 3050 characters quicker. And therefore, you know, that's that's great, you know. So I'm glad uh, that works for you, Matt. Next is Michaela Ellison on Yushu in context. She says, can Yushu be used to address any woman regardless of age, marital status, etc.? And is Xianxiong the male equivalent? Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, you don't want to call like a young lady, like 20 years old, a Yushu. Yushu, you look at her, you're like, okay, she's like... Um, She's got, she's probably like 35, probably, th yeah, maybe 35, for, for 35, 40, and you should. Um, but it's very rarely used anyway. You wouldn't uh, directly, you would quite rarely uh, talk to someone like that. You wouldn't refer to someone as, you, you just, it would be quite rare. I, I personally not heard it. Um, you would, you know, say, ai um for but that, that getting complicated now because that depends on what age you are right um but xianxiang is more like used for yeah it's it's um mr neil right like so oh, neil xianxiang it's used more in that context or what the xianxiang my husband right uh or, or you could say xianxiang or xianxiang like it's more formal situation, that's okay. So referring this is this this lady, this gentleman. So yeah, it's more they're 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 probably the same uh ish sort of age age group as well. Um so I hope that answers that. <laughs> but yeah, basically, yeah, Nushu is definitely an older woman. And next is Gavin on level twenty-three. It says, 
Stoked to see all sentences combined audio file, audio file has been uploaded. Time to take passive listening to another level. Cheers. So yeah, we another thing based on feedback that we improved was, you know, we had we took all the sentences. We have like 25,000 sentences in the course. So that's, thank goodness we don't ask you to do all of them, right? But the cool thing is, um, regardless of whether you do all of them or not, we have uh, every level, which is, you know, could be several hundred, could be several thousand sentences, depending on how big the level is. Um, we have uh, individual audio files of every single sentence individually. If you wanted to shuffle or choose the sentences and replay and chorus them, or we have now a new and improved version. Well, some people might prefer the other one actually, but this is a, a version for people that would prefer that this way, which is all of the hundreds of sentences just in one big audio file. Boom. Right? So you can just put it on in the background. And just yeah, just put it on. It's like an hour long or an hour and a half long, just sentence after sentence, all made up of characters and words you've already learned, which is awesome. So I'm glad Gavin is happy about that. I'm pretty pretty sure we made an announcement about that. We should we should definitely probably do that if we haven't already. <laughs> Phil probably has. All right, next is uh, Yolanda. Um, on just this could be you in less time than you think. This is a video of me speaking Chinese. Um, and she says, uh, I'm impressed. I did one Mandarin course many years ago, and I thought it was rather difficult. I am very curious whether you'll be able to teach me this beautiful language. I do hope so. Well, yes, and yes, uh, and kind of no as well. So let me just explain. So yes, it was, um, it is rather difficult because you were taught wrong. <laughs> you were taught how to learn a language, not how to acquire it, which is how 99%, I would say, of language courses and just apps and websites, whatever it is, textbooks, universities, whatever it is, 99% um, of them will teach you how to learn Chinese. And what you end up doing is learning about the language and not actually speak, like consuming it, learning how to consume it is, is the best, like acquire. Um, but we're all about acquisition. So yes, like you said at the beginning, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of work at the beginning but very soon, just a few hours in, you'll start to realize, ah, the things will start to click together and you will start to notice your ability to understand language coming in. And then eventually after enough comprehension, enough immersion, you'll be able to produce it. And we're not really teaching you the language. That's the thing. That's another big difference. We're not teaching you Chinese. Ah, this, yi shen shen jiu, together means something happens right after the other thing. Like we're not doing grammar. We're not like teaching you Chinese in the traditional sense. We're giving you the tools for you to acquire Chinese yourself. So that's a big difference really. Um, so I know that might be a bit odd. It might not make any sense right now, but um, I think it'll make sense pretty soon as you work your way through. So welcome. All right, guys. So thank you very much for joining us today. I hope that was helpful. Um, and I can't wait to see you again in a few weeks. Bye-bye.